I focus on the first word of these two words, social media. Seems to have been forgotten. People, you're using social media to yap. They are using social media to put a thought out, but they are not using social media to engage with people. And social media, trust us, is filled with opportunities where you are able to explore new things, test it out, give feasibility, and then check whether your product is cut for it or not. So first of all, please acknowledge that there is a need. In today's day and age, we are living in a very socially aware ecosystem. Communicating using social media is literally the only way a brand can delight their audience. We are so focused on garnering new business, but we are forgetting that we do have costs to reduce as well. And social media can totally help us on reducing these costs. That's the power of social media. Welcome to the Stars of Learning podcast, where your host Jyoti Ji explores the minds of the thought leaders who have vast experience and in-depth knowledge in the learning industry. Now, over to your host Jyoti Ji. Hello everyone, hearty welcome to season 2 of Stars of Learning podcast. My name is Jyoti Ji and I am your host for the show and each fortnight I interview the thought leaders in the learning industry who will share their best practices of learning. We will also discuss challenges, solutions, latest trends, tools, technology, leadership and their journey in the learning field. So friends, I'm super excited for this show guys as you will agree that social media is like a boon, right? And we are able to get in touch with our friends, extended family members. Some people are using various social media applications also to network for career opportunity, to find people across the globe with like interest, and you know, even to share their thoughts, feelings, uh, insights, and emotions. And some businesses are going on in social media, right? So that brings to a question that we are spending at least an hour every day on social media and if yes then are we using it profitably for our business or for our branding or to scale ourselves when we are on that platform. Yes friends, I have got a hold of a book titled Profit with Social Media. And this book you know, shows you how to leverage social media to promote and achieve your professional and business goals in many ways actually. And whenever I have stumbled and I have a, you know, a doubt on how to go about, I just sneak into this book and I will be able to get some solution to you know, venture on social media. And loads of references are also available in this book. So friends, I'm still a learner. I'm still exploring a lot in this book. So I'm not going to do the talking about this book. But I have invited these special authors of this book. Benita Bhatia Dua and Deepa Jairam. To share their experience on what to look in this book. How would it be handy? And how we can make profit with social media. A quick intro about the authors, Benita Bhatiadua and Deepa Jairaman. So friends, I have been following Benita for a few long years now. 
and she was introduced to me by my coach brigadier social basin sir while i was doing a course with him so benita is the ceo of vanilla skills a boutique social media consulting company benita has helped many ventures to use social media profitably she believes in building an online presence and reputation and brand through organic initiatives that bring more effective and sustainable competitive advantage to business she is also an author public speaker and she has a vast experience as a trainer and coach and she had the privilege of being one of the expert panelist speaker at an event uh, by harvard uh, university usa she is also a tedx speaker So friends my next author on the uh, my show is Deepa Jairaman who is one of the India's finest reputation manager and communication strategist she holds the title of 40 and the 40 best communication professionals in India building reputation for companies and individuals managing corporate prizes and stakeholder issues fundraising corporate social responsibility and driving behavioral change through communication are her core area of expertise traveling public speaking writing blogs adventure mentoring and parenting keeps her constantly charged up so friends i'm very delighted to have met these two authors in their book launch Uh, of profit with social media at bangalore and i'm sure you will enjoy the conversation uh, the kind of interactions we have lined up so put your gaze on and without any further delay let me welcome my guest benita bakyadua and deepa jairaman once again a warm welcome to stars of learning podcast and i'm so thrilled that you are joining me today ladies so thank you so much jyoti for having us on your show i'm absolutely excited about this i'm really looking forward to having conversations with you and um, hopefully our listeners will be able to benefit from this i also want to thank you for your astute introduction to me it was quite uh, well covered and i'm i'm really looking forward to this conversation uh, deepa thank you benita and jyoti it was such a welcome that you gave us it's amazing to be here we are looking forward to this conversation Uh, not just because it's about our book which is profit with social media but we are strong believers in the fact that social media can actually help professionals it can help people who have their own businesses and more than anything it can help every individual learn something out of it and use it for the benefit so in the next few minutes that we have with you we hope we can bring some of our insights into the table so that you know everyone is able to as we say profit from social media right thank you so much and it's really been a pleasure to have you guys so so b- before we jump in you know uh, give me a little background about yourself how you got to where you are today so let's begin with uh, benita your background and about yourself a little so uh, where do i start let me start with uh, where my career started i am an mba in marketing and over a period of time i went on to do additional certifications from iim ahmedabad and later from stanford university a while back one of my first jobs was in the pr space and uh, this was after my marriage when i came to mumbai i worked in the pr domain and i did carve some bit of progress for myself in that field but i ended up 
having to take a maternity break. Post that break, or rather during that break, I realized that I'm not the kind to sit at home. My brain cells would die if I simply had to be a housewife. I'm absolutely in awe of all the ladies who are able to just be housewives, take care of the kids because that's a huge amount of work. But it just wasn't the right thing for me. Uh, I started teaching at various management institutes, and training came organically to me. I stumbled upon a training opportunity for my students, and from there. one of my students went on to a job and the person who hired this the student asked him where he'd learned his presentation skills from and turns out that person was connected to me back in my pr days so he asked me to conduct a training for his team i went on to conduct tons of corporate training programs after that i used to do money back guarantee programs on presentation skills and various other topics uh, collectively now bannered under soft skills also called vanilla skills and hence my company name vanilla skills because once i started training i figured it made sense to do it as a business however we reached a point and i'm sure most of your training fraternity will uh, be aware that we reached a point in training where soft skills had started becoming this overly utilized term so that was one of the reasons where i felt a need to carve my my niche and uh, i chose social media for that niche the reason i chose social media was because i was getting about 80 to 90% of my business leads through my use of social media and i figured that it might be a good idea to help other businesses typically when i first started offering trainings in social media um as you can imagine this is about 5 years ago people uh, started rubbishing it to say who needs to learn facebook nobody is going to pay you to teach you facebook but the fact is that people were overlooking the other social media platforms and over a period of time i was able to convince a few organizations that were forward thinking and they helped me with the first few programs and then there was no turning back it suddenly clicked and more and more organizations wanted it eventually i went on to uh, expand my business scope to not just training but also consulting today i am a consultant to some of the leading multinational companies in the country and to a lot of ceos uh, the whole c suite in fact i advise them one on one so these are all ceos of some of the largest companies globally and i'm happy to say that each one of them is delighted with my work that is in fact also how uh, i got introduced to someone who conducts tedx sessions and i was invited by that person to conduct a talk on social media and teenager this is pretty much about me i have had my shares of up and down like everybody else my journey has not been all successes but yes i've overcome those challenges and i'm happy to share my learnings during this conversation sure thank you thank you for that uh, insight over to you deepa thank you jyoti well i have uh, forever been a very talkative person and i think uh, i asked my mother this a few uh, days ago i said you know when i was growing up what do you think i wanted to be you know like most children do i want to be a pilot i want to be a 
Uh, so I asked my mother, what is it that I wanted to be? And she said, you always just wanted to be a writer. <laughs> I was pretty surprised about that. I said, really? When I was young, I wanted to be a writer? She said, yeah, you just wanted to write. And we used to think it was a weird, uh, literally a weird profession to take up writing at that time. And uh, finally, after 40 years, I think that's where I have come to as an author. <laughs> Yeah, that's a passion calling. Exactly. <laughs> but this is after having done uh, other stuff, right? So I, I, I started off my career as a journalist. So I was reporting for many years. And once I, I was, I, I, I thought reporting was interesting. But after a period of time, you were just relaying what was happening without really putting your opinion out into it. So then from there, I moved on to uh, other realms of marketing, which is I did advertising. I tried to understand how how uh, every function works, whether it's the creative side, whether it's the servicing side, etc. And finally, I found that public relations was something which was uh, perfect for somebody like me. I could network with many people. I could understand business very well. And having done my master's in communications, I think it just all fitted in beautifully. So for the, for the past two decades, I have been a reputation manager. I've been doing till today work with about 500 odd firms in terms of making sure that their corporate messaging is, uh, is right. It, it's also to make sure how a CEO projects himself and also to make sure that if they ever land into any issue or crisis, how can that be stopped or negated so that the reputation of the company does not go through a fall. So that's been my focus. And uh, till recently, I was the COO, the chief operating officer uh, in a globally large multinational public relations firm. But I quit them and I decided to become a reputation consultant and start working with clients on my own. Now that's been about a year and a half. And uh, the journey has been fantabulous. I've been blessed. I've been fortunate. I've been lucky to work with some of the largest names when it comes to financial services industry globally. And I would have had a contribution to play over there. So that's been my uh, little humble journey. Along the way, of course, there have been multiple feathers that got added. Uh, yes, as you said, I've been a 40 under 40 communication professional in India. I have won multiple goals and silver awards across Khans and other forums where uh, work that we do for companies come into scrutiny. More than anything else, I've just been happy about the fact that I've been able to contribute to a client's business. In, in some cases, I've helped them win Supreme Court cases. In some cases, I've taken CEOs out of jail. In some cases, I have made sure that, you know, some of them bite the dust, but make sure that they are able to give back, you know, salaries to their employees or anything that the public was supposed to get. So whether it was taking a company to task or making sure that they come out of a problem unscathed, I think I've done the whole hog. So this book is extra special for, for, for both of us. But uh, also, as I said, this was my dream to be a writer and I've, and I've kind of accomplished and achieved that. So thank you for having us over one more time and we look forward to more interactions. Sure, Deepa. And I really love that reputation manager designation, uh, which I have never heard of. But that's a cool thing. Sure. Thanks for that insight. Uh, both the lovely authors. I think let's move on now. Uh, Benito, this question is to you. You wrote a couple of books related to social media. And uh, you also mentioned uh, that uh, social media itself is like an ocean, right? Like uh, it could be Facebook or any other platform. Can you explain to my listeners why this topic 
and uh, you also have a, a character in your book. Who is this Marlowe there? And what should one look for in this book? Wow. Okay. So that's a long question. So I'm going to break that up into three parts. Sure. First of all, you, you've asked why I chose this topic. Yes. So Deepa and I knew each other from college days and we've both authored this book together. For me, one of the key things that happened was, like I said, social media helped me get over 80% of my business leads. Hmm. The subject of social media originally caught my fancy back in 2012. And once I started leveraging it, because um, strategically I was trying to use it, I made my own set of mistakes and I learned from them. And I realized that a lot of businesses could but weren't leveraging social media. Hmm. I started looking at books and I found that some of these books that were available in the market were very textbookish. They were very, uh, in, in Indianism, if I may call it, very full of gyan. But there was not much that was easy to read and execute. On the other hand, uh, Deepa and I are of the belief that stories stick. We've repeatedly seen that Uh, When you put something in a story format, it becomes easier to read or to listen to and to connect with and to execute the moral of the story. That's how Deepa and I created Merlot Dolphin, Mm -hmm. who's an entrepreneur you could relate to. Merlot is essentially every single entrepreneur. She goes through all those apprehensions. She goes through all those enthusiasms, excitement, passion. She has all of those emotions and she has the various experiences most entrepreneurs would have. Mm-hmm. The one thing that Merlot does is that she knows social media holds the potential. And because of that, she leverages social media, which essentially is a summation of Deepa and my experiences. So okay. through her experiences, we wanted to share the key learnings and encourage our readers to leverage social media accordingly. Mm-hmm. Morlo stumbles upon her first business idea through social media, mm-hmm. something much needed in the current pandemic situation. A lot of businesses are looking to re-ideate, reinvent themselves. So I think in that sense, Merlot will help them at least get a pathway to how to find those ideas. Mm-hmm. All the way to Merlot bagging her first buyer and therefore we are hoping that our readers would be able to find their buyers, to secure funding, to handle crisis and a lot more. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd love to share a, a few words from a reader. I think this was one of the highest praises we've ever received. Mm-hmm. She said, she looks at our book like a Gita. Whenever she's stuck with a business problem mm-hmm. and she looks for a solution, mm-hmm. the book is her go-to place. So far. She says she has never been disappointed. So I think um, that's what Merlot is to us. Yeah. So, so uh, let's discuss about the book, you know, the profit with social media. Now let's deep dive. And when I go through this book, I saw, uh, you know, uh, you brought social media as a critical component and it all depends on making a right move. And I, what I like about it is, you know, it has a three concepts there, right? Dream it, believe it, and achieve it. And uh, that's also one of uh, 
my passion where you know uh, only when you dream you are you will be able to believe and you go to achieve it yeah so let's deep dive on each of these segments you you have great notes and tools in every chapter deepa and benita i should say that and you you have mentioned you know planning is good but execution is better right how does one have dream and uh, you know discover business idea while using social media who would want to take this question hi i'm deepa let me take that so um uh, you know thanks for liking the concept which is dream it believe it achieve it frankly you know nothing in life moves forwards unless one dreams for it right and uh, that's the same case with any business entity uh, at the end of the, at the beginning of it there has to be a dream and sometimes it looks impossible sometimes it looks big sometimes it looks behag but at the end of it you know when you've put in all your efforts and you've put in everything you see it coming alive and to its true form it's it's brilliant it's like your baby that you've created for us including even putting this book together has been a you know dream it believe it achieve it as benita said we always dreamt of putting a book together which was not textbookish have stories woven into it make it into a fable like thing where people can understand and believe it and and and, and learn a lot from it every page has to have pages power packed with information but in a digestible easy format so for us yes that was our dream and uh, nobody can go to achieving a dream without believing in it so you know however philosophical it may sound but at the end of the day when you know that what you've got or what you want to create has larger good behind it that something that you're creating is for the good of the society something that you're creating is going to help other people there is always that conviction and somewhere down the line a lot of forces and energy that comes together in making that happen for us believe it was that and then you know everywhere every every person along the line helped us a lot of times our families helped us right because we used to be so busy and you know benita and i are operating out of two different locations she is based in mumbai i'm based in bangalore so for us um, you know physical meetings was difficult now of course with covid it's impossible <laughs> but uh, you know it it was uh, we used technology so much as we had written this book we had virtual meetings so you know every and, and our families helped us a lot our clients helped us a lot people who you who we knew in the industry believed in us and helped us a lot so if you see you know even before our our book starts there are so many industry stalwarts literally who have written their forewords for this who have given their appreciation for this who have given a thumbs up to the stories and the and the and the book and all this i would say you know just fell into place and that's how we were able to achieve it but uh, that's exactly jyoti how merlo our protagonist goes about achieving it you know you 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 brought this point up and said that you know planning is good and execution is better and how does one go about having a dream um at the end of the day you know it's it's somewhere down the line a fact that merlo not chances upon a dream using social media but she has a belief that she wants to do something to clean up the ocean bed where she is living she's living in an ocean right she's a dolphin who's living in an ocean and she notices that you know there is so much of whale poop around the ocean it's becoming a dirty place almost just like how some of our houses and and our societies are right if you see garbage outside you want to make sure you clean them you want to have a better living place for yourself 
And that's exactly what um, Merlot wanted. She wanted a cleaner society for herself and for her relatives and friends. And her one cleanup act literally started the book, which is when she chances upon the fact that, you know, this whale poop is also a very important perfume manufacturing ingredient called ambergris. Extremely expensive, very rare commodity. And the perfume industry cannot move forward if they do not have good ambergris, good quality ambergris. And that comes only from whale poop, you know, the, the excreta of whale. So she actually then uses all those whale poop that's collected all over her uh, her ocean. And then she uses social media, finds out that there is indeed a market for it. See, at the end of the day, there are many times we see that, you know, a product is available, but whether there is a market for it, do you think there is a buyer? Do you think somebody would actually order for it online? Those are the big questions that we have in the mind. And, you know, you need somewhere, a platform to test out whether this dream that you have of a business venture is actually possible to have or uh, would it be possible to undertake? Is it feasible? Would it lead to long-term uh, growth or is it just a fad that suddenly, you know, there is a spike? in it and suddenly there would be a drop in it so all this you need a platform to help you and social media trust us is filled with opportunities where you are able to explore new things test it out give feasibility and then check whether your product is cut for it or not and that's how Merlot goes about it. And once she's cracked it you know using social media there's absolutely no looking back. So yes, she had a dream, she believed in her dream, and then she used all the tools that's possible. And I think in the course of our discussion, we will also touch upon so many tools that are available in the social space for, for entrepreneurs, individuals, and companies to use. And she does most of it, she uses most of it, and that's how she ends up having a profitable business. Sure, and that's a fantabulous uh, story to begin. My next question goes to Benita. Benita, I know you bagged an opportunity to be a panelist, right, at Harvard University. And you have been active on social media for ages now. And there are loads of such feathers in your crown. What is your secret sauce? <laughs> um, a not-so-secret sauce, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. I know that because I was uh, the TTSD and you came online live on Facebook and we did something and you know that was the beginning of my getting into social media action oh, wow. to, to get serious or uh, yeah that's so nice to hear yes you are open yes yes <laughs> I'm I'm always very happy to share everything that I know I don't believe that uh, what I'm doing is unique to me. But yes, I'm one of the very few people who actually do it. It's one thing to know and another to do it. So I'm happy to share what needs to be done and it's people who need to take the action. If I can sum this up very quickly, it, it's, the secret is that I don't just have accounts. I use them strategically. Typically, I use my accounts to engage with people, to have conversations, to ask questions, to offer my inputs whenever an opportunity arises. I grasp it with all my hands. And I focus on the first word of these two words, social media. Social seems to have been forgotten. People, you're using social media to yap. They are using social media to put a thought out, but they are not using social media to engage with people. 
and that's where i think i'm i'm being different i find that having conversations can actually uh, you know in in any conversation listening is just as important so i find that is what the trick is people want to be heard and i make them feel heard i also try and add value to people because i find that adding value is one of the best ways of creating both visibility as well as some good karma as i keep adding more value more people want to contribute back to me it's not necessarily the same people but more and more people uh, reach out to me True. and in that sense life comes a full circle i think that commonly heard mm. phrase stands true for me what goes around comes around in fact when when i went to harvard i spoke to my point of contact and asked him how did you find out about me and he acknowledged that when they were looking for a social media expert in asia mine was the first name to show up wow i achieved this by consistently staying active on linkedin and of course other social media platforms too and that's how they found me and when i say i was being consistently active what was i doing there i was holding conversations in a public space i was adding value i was i wasn't just posting i was also commenting on other people's posts i was i wasn't just hitting the like button blindly i was actually taking a few seconds to add a comment and that's what is required today so my recommendation to all our listeners would be contribute have conversations be active don't just put out a post or don't just log in and randomly hit some seven like buttons forward 50 messages to 100 different people but actually engage in conversation sometimes just asking someone hey how are you doing how's your day been so far can actually lead to conversations i would also like to clarify yeah. there are times when if i put out a message say jyoti how are you doing and jyoti says fine thank you that's a typical answer right how do i continue a conversation so i usually frame a question yeah. in a manner that opens conversations i don't usually ask how are you doing and leave it at uh, fine thank you i take it a step forward hope all well so how are things in bangalore is it really as bad as it looks via the news that leaves a window of opportunity for jyoti to comment upon and then that gets taken into a conversation so to me the art of social media is the art of having conversations hmm. right yeah so so uh, in continuation uh, uh, benita you mentioned that you know you were able to bag a lead being on the social media because you rank high on the you know on the social platform are you saying that organizations can also hire and train staff using social media yes actually just very recently i did a one hour long session for one of my clients on this whole need on business of hiring and training staff on using social media so i'm not sure how quickly i can squeeze everything but um, i think there are a few quick takeaways from that session that i can quickly share here so first of all yes organizations must hire and train staff do not assume that the staff knows so the session that i conducted was for recruiters and there was this common notion not just in my client's mind but otherwise also i see that if it's a recruiter he or she knows how to use linkedin sadly that's not true they may know how the tool works but they may not have the 
wherewithal to understand how to leverage it well. So first of all, please acknowledge that there is a need. Secondly, encourage these people to use their social media platforms beyond just posting something. Like I said earlier, people need to have conversations and a part of the conversation is listening. So have conversations, listen to what others are saying, read what others are saying, comment upon it and open further opportunities for conversation. A lot of times, just asking for an opinion can open doors for conversations. So if, for example, I, I stumbled upon um, a post and uh, I shared that post and I asked people, I don't think what this author is saying works in the Indian context. What is your opinion? And I was flooded with comments. Or in another situation, I simply asked people for opinion on the best book to read. I actually have created a blog post of 50 books to read uh, to give to a CEO purely based on those inputs that came. So have conversations. That's my second input in terms of a takeaway on whether to train staff. Third is train people to go beyond just posting an opportunity. So especially for HR and L&D people, there is a lot of uh, need to to evaluate a candidate. In fact, even in the book, Merlot does this as well. She goes through people's profiles and gorges their fit in the culture. So I also see, you know, uh, you also say in the book, next 10 years of brand will smash the last 10. Why so? And I want to pose this question to Deepa because uh, Deepa, you are a reputation manager and you handle... Uh, you know, uh, managing corporate crisis and stakeholder issues. Uh, would you give insight on this? Oh, absolutely. And uh, in fact, Jyoti, uh, you know, each one of us would have seen so many brands that have come and so many brands that have gone, right? I mean, let's face it, when we all started studying and there, there was this entire terminology in management, right, that talks about the product life cycle. And the product life cycle predominantly was, you know, there would be an introduction of a product, it will grow, and then it will reach maturity, and then it will decline. You know, that was how we were all taught when we had gone to management schools and all of that. But frankly speaking, life has evolved so much since the since all those textbooks on management was made and nobody really focused on the fact that what happens to brand and does a brand also go through a life cycle. The fact of the matter is brands go through a life cycle, but their life cycle is very different compared to that of a product, right? A product can grow and then decline, but a brand really doesn't have an opportunity and a choice to do that. Some brands take off and become larger global brands of recognition and some brands hardly even get noticed. You know, I'm a big believer that says that you can't even call yourself a brand unless there is a huge amount of your targeted population that remembers and knows of you, right? You, you know, just by trademarking yourself, you don't become a brand. Just by being uh, a name in, in a category, you do not become a brand. A brand has to do so much more to be a part of or to even qualify oneself to call a brand. Let's face it, you know, in today's day and age, we are living in a very socially aware ecosystem, right? And we all 
connect with brands that show a large social empathy as i would call it and a lot of emotional intelligence now brands that are able to showcase all this will continue to hold some stickability some loyalty with customers like ourselves and brands that do not actually will die they will absolutely perish there is no way that they are going to uh, live forever and that's what happens in a brand life cycle you know even if i were to say that a year before to now you know our lives changed so much in the past few months right with everything that's happened around covid and coronavirus right. but uh, face it right. even now like there have been so many brands that are going to go out of fashion in just one year because there are some brands which have been able to do well and they have shown people and the society how relevant they are will continue to stick by we have seen businesses that are doing huge amount of contribution businesses that are doing huge amount of research businesses that are going out of the way to help society laborers migrants displaced etc now those kind of brands will always have a soft corner in our in our minds and we will continue to work with them but now our own view towards some of the others have changed so much you know there is a study that says that uh, more than 80% of the population and it's the world population and 80% is a terribly huge number feel that the reason why we actually had covid was because of non vegetarian eating styles right now it's come to that level where 80% of of the world feels and believes that it's because of eating non vegetarian food that this 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 so called global epidemic has come so brands that are operating in this space so imagine all the brands that are either using vegetarian non vegetarian products or directly non vegetarian in nature have to see this as a threat you cannot be ignorant to what is happening around the world this is a huge threat there could be a lot of people from here on who could maybe just turn vegetarian who are turning vegan for all that we see so the brands that are operating in the segment you have two choices either you figure out a way that you're able to come out of this or at least project how you are socially um, socially doing the right things or you're not going to survive anymore so brands will go through their own life cycle the brands that were there 10 years before to the brands that you see today huge change right i mean let's face it yeah 10 years before before i would embark to go anywhere i would carry a camera with me i would need a watch i would need um, i don't know a calculator now i don't need anything everything somewhere power packed into my one phone but the brand plays a part it's not just a product i'm talking about the brand of which brand of phone am i taking along is it a part of the selfies that i'm taking am i showing off the logo of the brand all of that is becoming uh, an important thing right and people will not take my words on this will not like to show off a brand when they know that the brand is doing something ethically incorrect they always want to show off a brand where you know you're proud of the fact that you're either wearing the brand or you can show the brand so there is that level of pride that a brand adds to your life and only companies that are socially doing the right things showing empathy showing emotional intelligence making sure that you know you're connecting with the society and community only those brands will succeed mm. and hence the statement yeah 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 and i really uh, like the way the wheel you know like journey wheel displayed on the core brand part in your book 
and uh, yeah as you said uh, you know the advertisements are also changing uh, uh, emphasizing people emotionally and saying be safe stay homes you know kind of a things have changed the complete advertisement uh, world so so building a brand is a journey not a destination and it's a continual process is something what i hear from you that's a great uh, point uh, deepa thank you for that so so moving on definitely you know uh, with the brand around there should be a strategy right in the business activities so what's the strategy we need to leverage on the social media fantastic question jyoti so thank you for that question because it's uh, certainly something that i have been repeatedly uh, advocating that we should leverage social media strategically and i would love this opportunity to elaborate on what i mean so essentially in the book also we've written about a model we've created mm-hmm. which is called the six wives and one husband model mm-hmm. now why six wives and one husband because each wife asks a question uh and the wife w uh would ask questions like why w again which starts with w where starts with w so there are six questions that start with w and the one question that starts with an h which is the husband and hence this model mm. what are these questions and amongst them what's the order of asking these questions so first of all we must ask why which is your goal setting phase right mm-hmm. you you're saying why am i doing all of this am i trying to garner attention am i looking for better visibility do i want to establish myself as a thought leader do i want more buyers do i want more investors the goal becomes critical because unless you know what your goal is you will never be able to accomplish it mm-hmm. so the first question to ask is why mm-hmm. the second critical question to ask is who okay what is who the person or bunch of people who will help you accomplish this goal mm. so the who is your target audience okay the better you identify your target audience the better chances you have of accomplishing your goal mm-hmm. there is only one wrong answer you can give to who is your target audience and that one wrong answer is everybody mm-hmm. what do i mean by that so for example say my goal is to sell more services of social media consulting from vanilla skills to potential corporates mm-hmm. who is my target audience not everybody because say a truck driver is not my target audience yeah yeah carving that niche even saying everybody who works for a corporate is a wrong answer right mm-hmm. who in the corporate is the decision maker so for example a chief marketing officer is the decision maker a chief uh, learning and development officer is a decision maker a ceo is a decision maker so i need to define who in the book we've actually given a whole sheet mm-hmm. where you can put things down and that will help you define who your target audience is. Hmm. And next important question is where are they active? People have gotten into this whole complacency mode. They are very comfortable with Facebook, so they are going to go to Facebook and uh, sort of promote themselves. Mm-hmm. They are very comfortable, for example, with lot of trainers I see this. They are very comfortable within the training fraternity. So we are selling our training services to our training fraternity. Okay. I don't understand whether people don't see what's wrong with it or whether they choose to overlook it. 
but here's here's a little insight mm-hmm. where your target audience is is where you need to be mm-hmm. in simple examples if mall is where you go to buy your clothing the large clothing brands are setting up stores in malls they are not going to a crawford market or to a small lane in your city and setting up shops there they are setting up shops where their buyer is going mm-hmm. that is the way you need to look at social media as well mm-hmm. if you are aiming for corporates where is the corporate active if mm-hmm. i am saying chief marketing officer is my target audience is facebook really the best place for me to go and sell my services or is linkedin a better place so the where becomes a third critical question mm-hmm. fourth important question is when again going back to my previous question if your target audience is active from 11 am to 4 pm 11 am to 4 pm is when you should be posting you can't be posting as per your convenience and expecting people to read it right all that and particularly platforms like twitter where everything uh, moves in the blink of an eye mm. you have to time yourself so the when of it is very very critical mm-hmm. what to post is just as important so for example uh, individually i can have great strengths i i may like to talk about politics i may have an opinion about religion but do i want to project that on social media in a professional space where people are looking and judging and anybody who may have a different opinion than mine will simply reject me because hey her opinion does not match mine she's wrong i am right i don't want to work with her mm. so what you post mm. is also very important you have to be very mindful all the time mm. because people are judging all the time mm-hmm. okay which format to post in should i post a podcast should i post a video should i just put out a text blog again depends on the target audience what are they consuming the most for example there is an increasing trend if uh, if you notice carefully increasing trend of people watching more videos mm. and i am finding that the number of listeners for podcasts has increased tremendously mm. part of it is of course owing to uh, platforms like spotify which are encouraging it yeah. but it's also a matter of convenience mm. i could be driving from point a to point b a podcast is very convenient yeah. is there a way you could be on a podcast and leverage that mm. and i don't think you should choose only one medium mm. uh, most learning and development fraternity is well aware that learners are of different kinds somebody could listen and learn somebody could read and learn somebody could watch and learn so you have to try and cater to that variety Mm. and lastly how do you do it do you want to do it in a manner that is organic do you want to put money behind your posts do you want to advertise do you want to simply keep adding value that again goes back to the first question why are you doing this if your goal is short term you may want to invest some bit of money because organic takes time mm-hmm. but if your goals are long term mm-hmm. then you may want to go the organic mm-hmm. i hope this yeah. helps yeah. very insightful about this w and one n and really you connected the dots completely from start to end thanks for that insight venika uh, and uh, i think the old saying doesn't go away right it's about customer 
first and we need to delight customer with our service how does social media help in this process may i ask deepa to answer this question sure jyoti uh, in fact as as each one of us who are consuming you know whether it's products whether it's services every other day we are a customer and a consumer ourselves right and let's look at us and understand what we like we of course like to work with brands and like to connect with brands and use them who in a way delight us in 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 some form or the other earlier delighting customer was frankly very easy to do right if you are able to communicate to the customer give him regular updates you were delighting the customer but now you know once you've done that one time around now it's a part of the normal expectation for a customer let me give you an example to illustrate what i mean so earlier when uh, we used to say order something on um, amazon uh, and you've picked a lovely book and you have placed an order it will in a way tell you that you know your order is received your money is gone through then it will say your shop, your your package is actually packed and then it will say now it is shipped now it will say it's on its way then it will tell you it is going to reach your home at 6:45 pm madam please be on the door and receive your packet etc the first couple of times that it happened we were thrilled right as customers oh my god look at them they're giving us so much information they're connecting with us they're always talking so that was delight for us but now it's a routine right we yeah of course you know and if they miss it then we get into a little bit of the, what's wrong with these guys they are so mismanaged they are not even telling me that my package is going to reach at 6:45 so now what used to be earlier delight is now become a part of our expectation we expect it it's the it's the new normal it's a it's an everyday thing for us now so there is this you know this whole customer delight journey to me is ever evolving right there is never an end to it you you do one then it becomes a normal now you have to come up and innovate and come up with something new and you would agree to that right mm-hmm. so then in a situation like this how do brands again using social media but how do brands continue to innovate and delight customers now this can happen um when a brand is communicating to you right before you have purchased a product you know whether that is through the ads that they are targeting to you whether it's a social message they are giving you etc which in a way kind of grabs your attention even before you have bought a product all the way to you know doing the normal which is delivering the product to you but if brands are able to keep in touch with you even after the purchase is made and still connect with you with some relevant information or the other that then leads to a brand delight that we are talking about let me again give you an example the same thing right now uh, let's take a product which you have uh, and, and this is coming very useful to a lot of us in today's situation right we are all thinking about uh, uh, suddenly buying a dishwasher at home simply because <laughs> you realize you cannot be doing so many dishes every day right and and um and you would also you know forget dishwashers it was at least a common thing now there is all these roombas kind of devices right which can clean and mop your house pick and span they can do the work even when you're asleep and the roomba just goes around cleaning the house for you now suddenly the importance is not just 
it's great targeting now people realize that customers are sitting at home they need products which can develop which are home development home improvement kind of products and you know brands are doing a fantastic job of targeting us now when we are sitting at home and making sure that they're telling us that here's the product that's going to delight you but the fact is they're not stopping over there even after a purchase is made they'd come back and ask you did it work all right which aspect did you like did you like the color did it fit your requirement so you know now brands are going that extra level to make sure that they're connecting with you and you would see that in every purchase now that you make at least the good ones you know where the brands come back and tell you oh you've purchased a lipstick maybe you should also buy this eyeliner because this eyeliner goes very well with this lipstick and like i will send you a lovely set of recommendations for it or a chumbak which is again a home decorating brand will tell you oh you got this lovely sofa set what about these two matching cushion pieces that can go along with it so now brands are communicating and to me communicating using social media is literally the only way a brand can delight their audience we cannot reach every household we cannot reach every other place but what do you then do you communicate target where is where is jyoti sitting what is she consuming let me go into that phone of hers and send her a sweet little message that will resonate with her at the right time and bam i have jyoti as a customer for a long time and i wouldn't say lifetime okay it's just a long time because in our uh, day and age now customer loyalty shifts so fast brands that we used to like uh, 10 days before we don't like them anymore simply because we realize that they are not following hygienic standards so i think it's important that even for a long term if you are able to hold a customer together i think that's great job done for a brand and that's why the delighting customers through social media plays such an important part mm. I resonate with the insight what you have shared, Deepa. I just rolled out the podcast one year back, and uh, sitting in one corner of the Bangalore, I am able to reach forty six countries. That's how my forty six. Wow! You know, wow! You, you. I, let me tell you something, Jyoti. You are three countries more than me. You know, till date, I have. Um, I'm a global traveler, and I love to travel. And my son and I, we are on this hundred country mission where we just like to go along visiting countries, living there, working with people, doing some social work, etc. And we've been to forty three countries. and your podcast goes to 46 wow. so you know if if i was not in this lockdown and stuck at home i would have crossed your number this month <laughs> yeah and my delight is that i have not crossed the country and i'm able to reach that's the power of social media way to go <laughs> right yeah and the last segment in the book right it's to achieve it uh so i want to question this to benita because we spoke about lot of buyers and suppliers and all of that you also said you know we can find new suppliers how is this different and how is this uh, possible through social media benita okay let me put it this way most businesses think of profit in terms of revenues but profit is your revenues minus your costs so the way to increase your profit is increasing revenues that's one possible way yes but reducing your costs is also contributing towards your profits right and that's why leveraging social media to reduce your costs which uh, essentially refer to your suppliers 
is also very very critical for your business and absolutely possible in fact this book is inspired the product in the book amber grace is inspired from a true life story mm-hmm. one of my clients is in the business of amber grace of course uh, in the book we've dramatized uh, amber grace in real life it's still whale poop but it's naturally hardened whale poop and processed by the nature you cannot create amber grace in the book every whale poop is uh, used but in real life that's not how it is but more importantly amber grace as a product is in huge demand and extremely short in supply because it is a naturally occurring item in fact in a lot of countries it is illegal to extract ambergris because a lot of killing of animals was happening so when this client was introduced to me by his brother the brother said vinita he is not bought into the concept of the the social media because he believes that it's best his business is best uh, kept close to the chest so he was a very skeptical client if i could put it that way hmm when i first spoke to this client of mine he said i am in a business where if i find two new suppliers in a span of 5 years i will be hailed a hero we took it up as a challenge and we went on to use social media and helped him find five new suppliers in a span of 2 years so we effectively reversed the ratio a ratio which he thought was unachievable that's the power of social media now why it mattered is because while he had unlimited demand if there was no supply he couldn't make money what do you do with demand if you can't supply to your client so getting these suppliers helped him increase his business many fold today he is considered to be one of the big daddies in the industry okay. uh the linkedin of this business lives in us and he had invited my client over and introduced him to the industry stalwarts pointing to him and said watch this man he's reshaping the industry that is how powerful social media can be now why does it matter to our listeners for example is because we are so focused on garnering new business we're chasing more leads but we're forgetting that we do have costs to reduce as well and social media can totally help us on reducing these costs without delving too much into what they would be and i would encourage our listeners to refer to the book for it mm-hmm. i do urge our listeners to at least consider the fact that getting the supplier costs down can actually help them increase profitability and all the more so in current times where you know every cent that you spend every paisa that goes out of your pocket is chipping away on your profit so i would urge our readers to consider this and uh, for more on how to use it do refer to yeah, the book Sure, sure, Benita. And I like the point how you brought the revenue minus cost is what profit you need to look at all of that. But these days, uh, you know, uh, everyone look at monetization. It's important, right? Uh, money definitely matters for anybody. How can one benefit using social media, Benita? So, um, yes, money matters. It always has. But uh, in terms of benefiting. monetarily from social media 
I think one is the brazen route that a lot of, uh, well, not brazen, the well-used route that a lot of influencers are using, which is to organically build a set of followers the way you have. It's also got a lot to do with these followers then lead to more followers, more people who look up to you, and then you can monetize it through advertisements, through trade promotions, etc. But that's for a very handful of people. A lot of people try and a few succeed. Mm. The more important uh, or more uh, easily usable route that I can think of is, like I said, profit is revenue minus cost. Now, how do you increase that profit? Is increase your revenues and decrease your costs. The market has gone global. If you see... For me, for example, at Vanilla Scales, we started with a lot of Indian clients. And over a period of time, a lot of my clients are now overseas. I have US-based clients. I have Singapore-based clients. I have Dubai-based clients. So the buyer pool has gone global. And obviously, the global uh, clientele fare better. So that helps towards monetization in sense of increasing my revenues. On the mm-hmm. other hand, even the suppliers have gone global. Uh, a classic example, pre-corona world was China. Mm-hmm. Even companies as large as Apple were looking at China to reduce their costs. Right. Everything was being acquired from China. Even in India, we've seen so many of our uh, products being sourced from China. Mm-hmm. So. If if you can find the right supplier and source it from the right place, not necessarily China, but source it from the right place at the right cost, where you can balance quality and cost, mm-hmm. then that's another way of monetizing your business, right? Because you're end of the day increasing your profits by reducing your cost. True, true. In context of the current time, so many businesses are actually reducing their infrastructure cost. If you see digital was something that the world was talking about for years now, a lot of corporates were talking about it and nothing was really getting executed or it was getting executed at a snail's pace. Suddenly we've been pushed into this situation where almost everybody is being given an option to work from home. Unless you are a pilot and need to fly the plane Mm -hmm. or unless you have those kind of jobs where you need to be on site, Mm -hmm. People are working from home. This has drastically reduced infrastructure cost. On the other hand, teams are still communicating thanks to platforms like Zoom, Meet, Hangouts, etc. So businesses need to look at social media from that perspective and see can they reduce any costs to leverage their social media. Mm. Interestingly, I was seeing one joke on the WhatsApp which said that... uh, who brought the digital transformation? Is it your CEO, CTO or the COVID? <laughs> yeah, I think in most organizations, that's the true story. Nobody wants to acknowledge it, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so moving on, Vanita and Deepa, in your book, right, you have said that every crisis comes with an opportunity. And so using social media, how do we leverage crisis as we live in a such a disruptive world. Yeah, let me take that because, you know, crisis is something that I have um, 
operated in the space of crisis management is something that I have operated in for more than 20 years now. And the fact is, um, you know, uh, literally even, you know, it's a basic saying that even the word crisis uh, in a way means an opportunity. Uh, every brand, when it's faced with a problem, has an opportunity to either do better and come out of it or land up and die. Right. Um, you know, I, I work with a lot of companies in, in managing their crisis and their reputation. And I always use this terminology with them saying that, you know, in crisis, you've just got two options. You either pivot or you perish. That is, you either punch way above your weight and you're able to come out of the problem, reinvent yourself, figure out a way to still be relevant to the audience and continue to engage and, and move forward. Or you acknowledge that there is a problem and a crisis and you die, you perish. So every brand, every, um, every company, every product has an opportunity while you're faced with crisis to either pivot or to perish. Now, let's understand how social media plays an important part in doing that. Um, nowadays, what happens is, you know, we know of a problem immediately once it hits a Twitter. We know there is a crisis lurking when we have seen disturbing images or photographs or footage that is circulated to us on WhatsApp or that we see that as a scroll somewhere. But the fact is it's social that's bringing all sorts of uh, communication, all sorts of issues, all sorts of crisis to us right in our homes, right in our phones that we are we are using. So it's so much more difficult now for brands to, and there are uh, evidences, right? Earlier, we used to have hearsay. We say, oh, that brand is having a problem because X, Y, Z. Now you can actually see the video of, say, a worm that is moving around a Cadbury's chocolate. Now you cannot no longer brush it under the carpet because there is proof, there is evidence, there's video, there's photograph, there's footage, there are people talking about it, there are people crying, there are dead bodies. So now you really see it. It's like a movie. You know, now every crisis becomes not just a headline news that one can either relate to or forget, but now each crisis is visible very clearly on our face. Now, in such situations, how do, how do brands react and how do brands then come out of this problem? It's, it's, it's difficult, but it's absolutely not, not impossible, right? It is very important that brands actually stand up. Earlier, brands were not willing to take the ownership of a problem. Look, you have landed in a trouble because of something that was fundamentally incorrect. Right. Even for us now today, we were talking about, you know, this COVID that you were that you mentioned a little while ago. Why did we land into this problem? We landed because fundamentally we were abusing nature. So every time there is a fundamental cause of concern, it will lead to a crisis, something where you can control something you cannot control. But let's see how social media in today's day and age can help controlling or bringing back a reputation for you. For every wrong that you have done, if there are five right things you do and you're able to publicize it on social media, that's going to help your cause. And it's not, and, and I'm not just saying make up stories and put up positive imagery. When brands are facing crisis, and this could be anything, like I work with a lot of firms where the, the, the crisis is more financial in nature. There is money that's involved. There are, you can very clearly see that something has taken a beating, a staff has taken a beating, or some amount of 
funds that were invested is suddenly gone kaput, etc. What do you do in situations like this? Nobody wants to write about you. You can say, oh, these are the nine good things I did and this was this one bad thing that happened. But no media is going to write about you. You can take it to any publication of the world. They're not going to touch you. What do you then do? And, and trust me, you know, social media, which is a big tool in your hand, is not just for good publicity. It's also there when you need it to show what are the right things that you're doing in your in your own company. Because there are, for every, every firm will have at least nine small good things they do for one big good thing they do. And that one big good thing comes out in, in the newspapers and comes out in television channels. But what about the nine small things? Because they're so small that people don't cover it. So please use social media. I tell all my clients that I advise, I tell them, you know, why are you waiting for somebody to publish your news? Especially in times of crisis, nobody is going to publish your news. You have to become your own news publisher. And social media lets you do that. You know, when I started off as a journalist, you know, at that time, we, we had we had this concept called the citizen journalism, which had just about started, where people said, oh, you know, I have a news and I'm going to break the news and somebody will cover it. And social media is actually your journalism, right? You don't have to wait for a newspaper. You have your Twitter handle. You have your LinkedIn page. You have your Facebook page. You have your Instagram handle. Please use them. What 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 uh, Benita was telling us, you know, her secret sauce is the fact that she just does not have the handles. She uses them. And that's exactly what we need to do, even in crisis. You want to come out of crisis? Talk. Communicate. Just as we say in relationship that there is a problem. Now, if you're going to sh- keep quiet, the problem's just going to increase. But if you're able to sit down and talk it out, the problem would reduce. I think using the same terminologies works equally well in social media as well. So use it in times of crisis to talk more, connect more with your audience, leverage your relationships, your goodwill, and all the all the connects and networks that you have built over a period of time. And you see that the crisis was actually an opportunity for you to pivot up ahead. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so guys, I'm sure you have gained greater insight on why social media how to discover business ideas, organization strategy to train staff, delighting customers, and most importantly, how to monetize and leverage social media during crisis. So friends, there is much more to our conversation on this topic on how to achieve what you dream and build reputation and make impact through social media as a part two episode. And we will also deep dive with Benita Bhatia Dua and Deepa Jairaman to reveal their secret sauce on what has made them unique and how they have transformed in their journey. So friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And if you have got any learning or motivated hearing to this show, then make sure you share this podcast with your friends and post it on all social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Insta and do tag us and let your friends know about this amazing information you have learned and let this piece of information help many others to engage, enlighten and empower. Thank you so much for your patience and tuning into this show. Bye for now. Take good care of yourself and go out and do something engaging, enlightening and empowering.